Welcome everyone to another episode of The Cinema Showdown. This week we have two classic time-traveling movies. And just want to say, unfortunately, Robbie was not able to be with us this week. He's been working a crazy work schedule. But I do have his winner, so I will reveal that at the end. Maybe it'll be a tiebreaker. Maybe not. Only time will tell. So tune in and enjoy. Jennifer's here. We're gonna take the new truck for a spin. Well, bring her along. This concerns her, too. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? Now, what happens to us in the future? Will we become assholes or something? Oh, no, 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 no. You, you and Jennifer both turn out fine. It's your kids, Marty. Something's gotta be done about your kids. Hey, Doc, you better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? We're going, we don't need those. In case you're just now tuning in, this is the Cinema Showdown! <sighs> this week, we have Back to the Future 2 versus Back to the Future 3. Both are great classic time-traveling movies based on the highly, highly rated Back to the Future 1. Both movies, they are around the same amount of time. The runtime for Back to the Future 2 is an hour and 48 minutes, and Back to the Future Part 3 is one hour and 58 minutes. So there's only about a 10 minute difference. Both are kind of similar rated when it comes to IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, or Tomatoes, or Tomatoes, Tomatoes, whichever. Back to the Future 2 has a 7.8 on IMDb with a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's kind of low, but that's based on critics. You know, they're paid for writing and rating these movies. And I'm sure they're more well equipped with their knowledge of film than I am. So I rate them a little bit higher. Now with Back to the Future Part 3, IMDb gave it a 7.4, so Back to the Future 2 has it on IMDb, but has a 74% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's a little bit higher, but I don't know. So the plotline of Back to the Future Part 2 is after visiting 2015, Marty McFly must repeat his visit to 1955 to prevent disastrous changes to 1985 without interfering with his first trip. I know, sounds crazy. Now the plotline of Back to the Future Part 3 is 
Enjoying a peaceful existence in 1885, Dr. Emmett Brown is about to be killed by Buford Mad Dog Tannen. Mari McFly travels back in time to save his friend. Okay, so let's now talk about the cast. Both movies, for the most part, has the exact same cast. For the most part. But I'll tell you the difference. So both movies, both have Michael J. Fox playing Marty McFly. Both movies have Christopher Lloyd playing Doc Brown. Both has Thomas F. Wilson playing Biff, Griff, Mad Dog, whatever. Leah Thompson's also in there. And Elizabeth Shue is in both movies. She has kind of a more smaller part in the third part, but she's still in there. And Back to the Future Part 3 has Mary Steinbergen, Virgin Bergen, as Clara Clayton. So, for the most part, same cast. It's just the third one has one extra character for the most part. Uh, both movies are written and directed by Robert Zemeckis. This director is a very good, well-known director. He's known for making really good movies. I was going through some of his movies that he's made, and he's made Back to the Future, Part 1, 2, and 3, Romancing the Stone, Forrest Gump, Contact, Castaway, Matchstick Men, and Flight. All these movies are really, really good. But when I think of Robert Zemeckis, I think of Back to the Future. I might be sounding crazy, but I think this movie has more... I I want to say this has more title recognition than Forrest Gump, but I don't know. When I think of Forrest Gump, I think of Tom Hanks. I don't think of the director. I When I hear Back to the Future, I think of Christopher Lloyd, Michael J. Fox, and Robert Zemeckis. So Now let's talk about some trivia, some things I thought were interesting about the movie. So one of the first things is Back to the Future Part 2. This was one of the first appearances in a film from Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood, as you know, is famous from the Lord of the Rings series and not much else. Also, this is a very important film in legal terms because there was a problem with the film. Crispin Glover, who played George McFly in the first one, had sued the company that produced this movie because they took his face molds that he made for the first movie for his old prosthetics and they made the likeness of his face and they used that on another actor and basically the filmmakers fooled the audiences into thinking that Crispin Glover was actually in part two which I didn't really know until I started looking into this that he wasn't in the movie I always thought he was because it looks you know like him especially when he's old and hanging upside down but they just use a lot of different you know tricks and stuff to kind of fool the audience so he sued and won with a settlement he ended up getting he ended up getting $765,000 and because of this if a filmmaker wants to use your likeness in a movie they have to gain your permission first so if I make part one of a movie and I am not asked to return for the second one and they just use a clip or use something with my face on it, they are not allowed to do so. So because of this, this actually became something good for Hollywood and these actors. They can't just go and make profit off of you without your permission. So I, I thought that was really good. And also another thing about part two I thought was really Funny was Robert Zemeckis had stated that he really did not want to go into the future because he always gets because every time someone does that they get it wrong so and you can see that some of the things they came up with came true some didn't I'll get into that a little bit later also one more little trivia tidbit is that Carl Sagan he is a very well known I think he's an astrophysicist considers this one of the greatest time travel movies and he really praised the accuracy in handling multiple timelines with this movie I, I would have to agree I think that they handled that really well but again I'll get into that later and back to the future part 3 I guess Michael J. Fox was actually hung during the hanging scene with Mad Dog he 
passed out because they actually accidentally hung him. So that sucks. And also the part of Seamus, Samus, whatever his name is, McFly, was originally written for Crispin Glover. But I'm, I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about the reason why he wasn't asked to come back for the second one. He wanted the ending of Back to the Future Part 1 changed. He felt that it was not right that when Marty McFly comes back to his present time, his family has money, he has the things that he wants. He felt that monetary value should not be the reward of changing the past, which I, I get that, but why not make your life better? Your father is a pansy, your uncle's a jailbird, you know, why not make your guys' life better? If you, if you can you're still going to be who you are so also with the reason why one of the reasons why they decided to go to the old west in 1885 was because Michael J. Fox had commented to the producers that he always wanted to do a western so I think they kind of took that ideal and just rolled with it and also both movies were filmed back to back so now, I'll let Brian go ahead and talk about the storyline a little bit, and then I'll get into mine because I got like one, two, three, like four pages worth of notes. So, Brian, go ahead and talk. Okay, so start off here. Both of these movies, good classics. Gotta watch these movies. I love these Back to the Future movies. Part two and three are huge, huge a debate. They split down the middle. It's a mix out there. A lot of people out there likes part two better. A lot of people out there likes part three better. The good thing to people out there is no matter which one you pick, you're, you're right. I don't care if you pick part three, you pick part two. You are correct. Either one is really a big, big winner. So you can't go wrong. No one's no one's wrong in this, in this uh, debate, this showdown that we have. So I'll start off here with the storyline. Storyline for Back to the Future 2 and 3, they they are really good. My problem with Back to the Future 2, I took off a little bit more on points just because Back to the Future 2 is very, very similar to Part 1. So, if you watch Part 2, you, you might as well just watch Part 1 again. It's the same type of movie. They go back to 1955, and they go back to the present, and they go to the future, and come back... It's kind of it's just a little bit different storyline. There's a little bit different things happening in part two than part one, so that's why I like part two a lot because I think part one is the best. So I like part two a lot, but not as much as part one. My problem with part two, like I said, is just it's repeating the storyline. So it just I don't know, just that that one factor there kind of a little bit lowers the score compared to part three. Part three. Gave it a little bit more, not didn't knock off that much because I love part three storyline with them going to the Western, and it's just funny that when I first watched part three, it was I was figuring out from the beginning of how the heck was they going to go back to the present with being back in the old Westerns with that technology and everything. How was Doc? How was Doc was going to pull it off? And I love it at the end. How they use the train to figure out how to speed speed up and go back uh, to the present. So I thought it was cool how they used the train. And Biff in it, I thought he was hilarious as uh, Mad Dog, I believe his name was. I thought he was funny in the Western. I loved Biff's, Biff's part in the uh, part three. So Okay, so for me, for story-wise, one big thing I do not like about either one of these movies is the fact that they tried to copy sort of the same timeline of the first movie Marty goes back in time he gets knocked out somehow wakes up mom is that you and finds some version of his mother yes everything's okay dear and then he goes and runs into Biff, old Biff, young Biff, Biff's grandson, Biff's grandfather, whatever. There's an exchange of words, and then there's a chase scene. So each movie, more or less, to me, 
is very, very similar when it comes to that. And I feel like they should have came up with something a little different because by the time you get to the third movie, it's just repetitive. Really repetitive. But I'll go ahead and go into what I did like about the movies. I'll start with part two because part two comes first. So the story involves going into the future to prevent Michael J. Fox's son from going to jail. And then bad consequences happen. See... One of the big famous quotes from Doc Brown is, you know, Marty, you should never know your future, Marty. Which I agree. It would be bad if you know what your future is going to turn out to be. Because my ideals of time travel, once you know what your future is, is you can't change that from happening. This is the same with like most other things that are in cinema i mean you can look at the harry potter franchise when uh what's her face predicts that only one shall live with voldemort and harry potter this makes it so before she said that none of those kids that were murdered or parents that were murdered none of those kids would have been the one that defeats him and because of this, since they kind of know the future, and it just so happens Harry Potter was in the right place at the right time, that future is set in stone. And that's, you know, why he goes all crazy and tries to hunt him. This also goes with, say, Doctor Who. There are many scenes where they find out their future and it happens no matter what. Now, they've gotten around to being able to trick the perception of someone dying, but that's neither, neither here or there. So I really like the whole consequences of going into the future. So when Marty goes into the future, he comes across you know an 80s store that has you know that sports almanac that drives the rest of the movie. And if it wasn't him for thinking for a second like well i'm gonna be a little greedy and i'm gonna make you know a few bucks when i get back to the present day well old biff finds that and goes back to 1955 and gives it to himself and drastically changes what 1985 looks like so that right there tells you the consequences of bringing anything from the future to the past, it will drastically change everything. So because Biff is now rich, I like to call him Rich Biff or Donald Trump, the town, Hill Valley, is basically turns into Detroit, what I imagine Detroit is like. Biff becomes rich, which... He's the last person that needs, you know, that power because the guy's an asshole. I mean, <clears throat> Donald Trump is. Um, so Marty's father ends up being murdered. And Marty becomes Biff's stepson. And all of this is because he bring, he not brings, he goes and buys one little thing from the future and somehow happens to get in the wrong hands and boom. You know, schools burned down, people are employed, Hill Valley is, you know, Detroit Jr., Biff becomes Donald Trump, so. But other than that, I really enjoyed uh, Marty traveling to 1955. I thought that was kind of cool how they had to not get involved with the first movie's timeline because you know that would have changed everything even further and one of the, one of the funny things when they go back to 1955 you get to see you know another perspective of the events that happen and one of the things that happen is you can see biff pouring alcohol into the punch or you know spiking the punch and that's when you know later you see George go up and take a big old cup of it and take a big old swig of it. Then out of nowhere, he gets all his courage to go confront Biff about Lorraine, which I thought was kind of funny because if you see, you see the first one, 
you just think he's nervous and stuff, and then he goes in there, and for some reason he has the power, but he was just drunk, so that was funny. It was also pretty interesting seeing the big chase at the end when he's trying to grab the almanac back, and then, boom, lightning strikes, and Doc Brown goes back to the past. And then just seconds later, this guy comes up with a note saying, we've had this note for 70 years, and so on and so forth. Now, let's talk about the future. Like I said earlier, Robert Zemeckis originally did not want to do this because the writers always get it wrong. Just like, you know, 2001 A Space Odyssey. We do not have that capability. We do not have that artificial intelligence like they do in that movie. We sort of do, but no, we don't. And we're not able to go through wormholes and, you know, this and that, but hey. Now... They actually did get a lot of things correct with their predictions. When you go back through the movie, if if you look at like some of the small things instead of like the big picture, like you know, the wardrobe is totally off. We don't have flying cars. We don't use fax machines as a primary form of communication devices. Just like that one scene where Marty gets fired and got five fax machines going off saying you're fired we don't have rejuvenation masks we don't have stationary bikes and cafes because that's stupid as hell but some of the things we do have are like flat screen tvs there's a scene where they're talking to flea from the red hot chili peppers and there's a flat screen tv there also with that, we also have video conference technology, such as Skype, FaceTime. I can get on my Xbox One and Skype someone, and using the Connect, I have that person's face right on my TV. That's very, very similar to Back to the Future Part 2. Also, 3D. 3D is everywhere right now. In the beginning part where he go first is in the future, he sees like the Jaws 3, and we don't have that kind of technology with 3D, but you know we're still very 3D-based when it comes to movies. And we also got 3D televisions and all that. Another one of the things that we also have are holographic displays for the most part. Basically, there's like, like a Tupac concert they had you know years ago that had a holographic version of him, and it looked really realistic but other than that I haven't really seen too much with that we also have drones now when you sit there and think like when did they have drones in the movie well there's this one scene where there is a dog that's being walked and there there's a little thing walking the dog so that technically would be considered a drone also we for this year have Pepsi Perfect but that's not really a prediction they made that for the anniversary of the movie so yeah we also have tablets there is a scene where they're wanting to save the clock tower and they present a tablet for him to look at and stuff so we have that we sort of have hoverboards they're still in development there i've seen videos online where they've made them but not to the point where they can mass produce them we also have self-lacing self-lacing shoes for the most part, sort of. There was a video Michael J. Fox came out where Nike has given him their prototype for the self-lation shoes, and he's wearing them. So We also have wireless video games. Going back to talking about Elijah Wood, that whole scene, they're like, what's this game? And it's like, oh, I've, I've played this game a lot of times. And like, oh, you have to use your hands. That's for babies. Well, now we have games that you do not have to use your hands with. We have the Kinect. We also have, you know, say, the Wii and all those other controller motion devices. So it's not just like a handheld deal. There is also a Hollywood obsession with sequels. As you can see, with going back to that Jaws part, it's like Jaws 17 or 16 or something ridiculous like that. 
we are obsessed with doing sequels. So you got like all the Marvel movies going out right now. I consider those all sequels of each other. Like Saul, there's way too many of those. You got Fast and Furious. They're never going to quit with those. I just heard the other day that they are thinking about making a spinoff movie or movies of that. So I don't know if that's going to be like Hobbs or something. I don't know. And also high-tech glasses. There's a scene where young Marty is sitting at, or not young, but Marty Jr. is sitting at the kitchen table and he has these glasses on and he's on the internet or doing something with them. Well, we have that. We have Google Glass. So so those are some of the things I liked about the second movie. So going back to the past and talking about part three, I thought it was really cool how they actually did go all the way back to 1980. I keep saying 1985 to 1885. Not, not the old West, it's just 1885. I thought that was a really cool idea that he randomly stumbles upon Doc Brown's grave and basically he gets killed within like a couple of weeks of being there. But there were a lot of things that I had a problem with this movie with. So I did take off some points for this movie. My big thing is with uh, DeLorean. Okay. So the big deal with part three is that when Marty goes back to the Old West, there's a bunch of cowboys there and blah, blah. Well, he busts the fuel line and leaks out all the gas. Well, the problem I have with this, well, I should go back. Then they have to use the train to get to that speed, 88 miles per hour, to get back to the future. Well, my problem with this is they had Doc Brown store the DeLorean inside a cave. That's how Marty gets it back in 1950 or 1955. Why didn't they repair the fuel line and siphon the gas from that DeLorean? They did not say that the DeLorean had no gas in it. And besides... That gas is still fresh at that point where he can go in there and take that gas out. Or even better yet, why can't they take all those repairs they did to the 1955 DeLorean and put it on the 1855 DeLorean? I just don't understand why they didn't think about that. Doc Brown's a scientist. He knows all everything. Why didn't that occur to them to do that? That's my big, big, big problem with this movie. They should have been able to just do that i know it wouldn't make a better story but thinking about it that's something that they should have had in there and i've said before how it kind of gets old with the whole meeting biff for the third time thing there's an exchange of words biff gets mad and tries to chase marty and kill him it's just at this point, it's really old having the same shtick over and over and over again. And also, another another thing I thought was really weird about this movie. Why is Leah Thompson playing Marty's great-great-grandmother? That makes no sense. It would make sense if that was not the McFly family, if that was Lorraine's family. That would make perfect sense, but no, that is the McFly family. So my question is, is it Maggie McFly and Seamus McFly? Did they have two kids? Those two kids branch off and have their own families to have their grandkids meet back together and fall in love. That's the only explanation I have for this. Is George McFly and Lorraine cousins but they just don't know it and besides they'd be what like second cousins third cousins maybe that right there it makes no sense why they had her play the great-grandmother this must be the old west because they're a bunch of hillbillies getting it on with their cousins but moving on to something else i liked about the movie 
not focusing on the bad stuff anymore is the whole using Clint Eastwood as Marty's name. I thought that was really funny. How Biff was like, what kind of stupid name is that? Y'all runt. I, th- I thought that was funny. And they actually got Clint Eastwood's permission to use his name, and he was delighted to be part of this movie in that little small way. So, going with story-wise... I felt that Back to the Future Part 2 had the better story, but that's just me. That is just me. Okay, so moving on to main acting. So for both films, I got Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd as the main actors. I know Christopher Lloyd's not there as much in the second movie. He is a big part in the third movie, but... So Michael J. Fox, he does the same for both movies. Does the same thing for, you know, he is very consistent. That's all I can say. He does a great job. I thought it was really funny how with these two movies, they had him playing different roles, which was pretty cool. He actually got to play himself as an older person. He got to play his son, and actually he played his daughter too which I didn't know until I looked it up. So that was kind of weird. But Christopher Lloyd, when you think of Christopher Lloyd, you think of Doc Brown. You can't take anything off for him for this, really. He's Doc Brown. He's great in it. I really, really like his line from this movie, for the second movie, Rhodes. Well, we're going, we don't need roads. I, I like that part. I thought he did a really great job with the third movie since he got more screen time. I liked how he believed he was in a dream when Marty comes back dressed after he leaves. I thought that part was pretty funny. So let's see what Brian has to say. Brian, go ahead and talk about the main actors. With main acting, main acting and support acting for both of these movies are very, very the same. Same characters and actors in both two and three. You got great performances, so to me, both of them are dead on even on scoring for main acting and supporting acting. So there's really not much debate on those two categories in in this movie showdown. Okay, so moving on to supporting acting. Now, for both movies, I felt that the supporting actor was Biff. I felt that the supporting actor was Thomas F. Wilson, who plays Biff, Griff, and Mad Dog. I thought he did a better job with part three, but I'll get to that in a second. So in part two, he plays Biff, young Biff, middle-aged Biff, old Biff, and he also plays Griff. So essentially two different characters, four different parts. Now I thought he did a great job as playing young Biff and old senile senior citizen Biff I felt he did great because he already done this before now for middle age or Donald Trump Biff and Griff I thought he did too much overacting it kind of was really bothersome when he was doing this I just hate the hey McFly I just it really annoying what you gonna do with that punk you know it's I don't care for that at all he, he could have done like what he does with the other ones like when he's young Biff when he first meets him he doesn't do that crazy overacting which I felt that really hindered his performance in this movie and I also thought he did a great job at playing Donald Trump I didn't like his character. It was over the top. 
for the most part. But I can see where people would elect Biff for president. I mean, Donald Trump. So, okay. So with Mad Dog, I thought he did great with us. He really toned it back for this performance. And it seemed like he was really fit to play a Western villain, a cowboy or outlaw, you should say. And I thought it was really cool that he did his own stunts where he rode the horse. He actually was able to lasso Marty McFly. I thought that was really good. So that really like there shows, you know, how good of an actor this guy is. It's just he shouldn't play the future self or yeah. Just stick to what you know, buddy. Okay, so with special effects when you look back at Back to the Future Two, you can be like, Oh my god, this is really outdated. But for the time, the special effects for this movie is amazing. They did a great job of making that car look like it was levitating, like it's flying. I I thought it was good. I think it still holds up for the most part, but I know some other people are going, not really, but I, I think it does. I thought the whole special effects with like the 80s bar was kind of funny. How it's kind of futuristic, how it's not. And also the use of technology. They, like I said earlier, they predicted a lot of things that we have nowadays. And that's all, you know, special effects stuff. So, you know, my hat's off to them. Now for Back to the Future Part 3, I kind of took off more points for this one because there's not as many effects. And I didn't really care for the train time machine. I just didn't really care for that. Speaking of time machine, something I forgot to talk about earlier is that... The original time machine was a refrigerator for the first movie. That is why they used a refrigerator in Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Because there's going to be like this whole discussion how the refrigerator is lined with lead, and since there's going to be like a nuclear explosion that helps them go back in time, that they'd be shielded from that. That's why Indiana Jones goes and jumps into the refrigerator and gets blown away. So, just a little tidbit there. So, Brian, what do you think about special effects? With special effects and stunts and all that, a lot of people, if you go on first uh, Back to the Future 2, you go online, there's a lot of people nitpicking. And like I said, you can nitpick all you want and really just be picky on weird, weird things. Some things, you know, I do agree on, but it's... Something that you can you can easily over just overlook, and and back in the future back back to the future too, people are complaining about the makeup that they used on Michael J. Fox and all of them, of making them look older in the future and everything. They said how cheesy and just stupid looking they looked. The makeup was just bad, you know. And and you again you got to remember that these movies were made back in in that in that time where we didn't have CGI and all that stuff, so. The makeup was bad. I agree with that. And you can nitpick on that. So if you wanted to, you can take off a, you know, 0.25 if you wanted to, or 0.5, depending on how bad it bothers you with Back to the Future 2. But to me, the makeup thing really didn't bother me. It, it's just something that I can overlook easy because it's a good movie. It's a really good movie. So if I wanted to, I can take off a pinch off of Back, Back to the Future 2 on things like that. And give a little bit more with Back to the Future 3. I uh, didn't, uh, stunts and everything in that was just, you know, really good. Okay, so for the score, there's not much to say about the score. It's one of those classic themes that you can whistle to anytime. You say, What's Back to the Future theme? It's. See, I. Do that on top of my head, so I can't take off anything for that. So both ones, you know, there's you know goose egg, zero points I can take off because it's a classic. And also, you, like going back to the first one, you got that song, "It's the Power of Love." That was a big hit, and they actually played that in these other movies too. So that's a good little throwback to the first one. So now talking about entertainment, I felt that both were very entertaining. They don't 
capture your entertainment like 100% like the first one does. The first one, there's no beating the first one. So the second one, I do have to take off part for entertainment-wise because they do go back to the 1955. They do play the same scenes again. But you do get a new perspective on that. And there is, you know, a whole chasing. There's a whole, you know, I'm trying to get this magazine and oh no it's a dirty magazine now you know you got all that but since both movies basically have the same structure again and again i have to take off points for entertainment otherwise i would give this you know a perfect score for entertainment again i don't like the goes back through time gets knocked out wakes up leah thompson there and he goes mom is that you and then also you got the running in with biff words exchanged biff gets pissed biff tries to beat him up every freaking movie it's the same damn thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again but i am able to look past that i like both movies it's just it gets annoying when you watch them all back to back it's like i'm watching the same movie it's just they're in a different time period that's the difference the first one mainly 1955 second one you got the future past and present last one you got 1855 so there's that now rewatchability i do take off a little bit for this because if i'm gonna watch back to the future movie i'm gonna watch the first one then I'll watch the second one, then I'll watch the third one. But I'm going to make time to watch the first one. That's just how that goes. So, Brian, what do you have to say about entertainment? Because you don't really need to talk about the score because there's not much else to talk about. With entertainment and rewatchability for Back to the Future 2, it's just a little bit less scoring, like I said, just because due to the factor I just said earlier of that it's re- it's pretty much the storyline is repeating part one almost. It's just a little different. So all in all, I'm going to probably watch Back to the Future 3 more than Back to the Future 2. Just because Back to the Future 3 is a lot different. It's a whole different type. Of, they, they really came up with something different when they made Back to the Future 3. They seem like to me that they had more fun. They got to do really what they wanted to do with Back to the Future, doing something very creative and something really cool, go to a time that that they have not visited in 1 and 2, and the Western, and the director, he's a big Western fan, he loves Western movies, what I read, so I don't know if he's did any Westerns or not, I, I'm kind of bad sometimes with these directors if they have or not, so, but anyways, getting off track here, with the uh, entertainment Entertainment, just a slightly, maybe a .25 or so off more for Back to the Future 2 than Back to the Future 3. And same same with the watchability, the same thing. I'm going to watch Back to the Future 3 more. So, all, all in all, when it comes down to it, Back to the Future 3 is the winner for me. I I think Back to the Future 3 is, is, is better than Back to the Future 2, so... Overall, if I had to pick out of all three parts of which one I, I like the best, it would go in the order of one, three, and two. But there, like I said, if you go online and such, you go to IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes, you know, scoring's different and everything. People's opinions are in there. You got people that like part part two better, so a lot, of, a lot of people actually likes it in the order. They like part one the best, then two, then three. So, it's it's whatever you like, whatever you you, you pick your poison with these t- two movies. But you know, I I think Michael J. Fox, you know, he did. It's really sad what's happened to him now. I really wish there was some kind of way they can come up with a storyline and a way to have have him do scenes with you know his Parkinson disease and stuff he has. I wish there was ways they can find a way to to have him act and do these stunts and stuff that he did in his in his previous movies, but it's just so bad. You watch a couple of these videos here 
where he's putting on those uh, self-lacing uh, Nikes and stuff. You can see his hand and stuff is just shaking too much. As the older he gets, that problem he has is just getting worse and worse. So I'm a nursing aide. I've been a nursing aide for quite a while, and I've seen it. And as people get older and older, that that gets worse and worse. So it's just sad that happened to him because I've always been a big fan of Michael J. Fox. And he just seems like he's a really good, nice guy and stuff. So it's really sad that he can't make any of these movies. And with all of them doing all these uh, acting actors coming back in these classic movies, you know, Dumb and Dumber, you got all these movies that all these actors are coming back 10, 20 years later and making another movie. Back to the Future would be a big one for me. I would love it. I, that, one, that, 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 that one there is like Star Wars for me. They ever announced that they found out a cool, clever way to get Michael J. Fox to get into another Back to the Future movie. Oh, I'd be so psyched. Uh, I would definitely. I'd be buying those tickets in advance. I'd be checking that out now because that would be cool. Especially if they come up with a really, really, really good storyline like the, the previous three. and Something we never thought they could take the Back to the Future's movies to, so... Maybe instead of going to Western days, they go back even fur, uh, further down into the past. Maybe they go back to Civil War days or something, you know. Something really cool that we've never seen before, Michael J. Fox and stuff. So, Also, too, in both of these two movies, they're, they're funny as heck. Not only are these really great like action movies, but there's, there's a lot of good humor and a lot of good comedy to uh, these these movies here are Back to the Future, so that's what I love about these these movies. They're classics. They're they're movies you could sit down with your family at any time and watch them and just have have a good time watching them. So, but anyways, so for this week for this showdown for Brian here, it is Back to the Future three. Before I give my final scorings, I do want to go back to what you said about them making a fourth movie. I actually have a good idea how they can get Michael J. Fox back in this movie. I think that his Parkinson's disease could be a result of time travel. Because you know, going back through time, going through all that lightning and mystical force or where the hell it is that has to have some kind of lasting effect on you so that could tie into why he has such bad parkinson's disease i think that would be great but since they already did the whole part where they go into the future and he's fine as an older adult they kind of can't do that but they could possibly do that i have an idea since he went back because at that point he had not gone back through time he had not gone to the future he did not go back to the past and spend time there so since he did all that extra stuff i think that's how they could that's how they could do that so they could have some kind of more adventure with that uh, one reason why you know doc brown doesn't develop parkinson's disease is because he's already old at that point his girlfriend only goes through like one trip so maybe she's fine or maybe she'll have like a lesser form of something but that that could be something so so at the end of my day at the end of the day i gave back to the future part two an 8.75 and back to the future part three at 8.25 so for me i thought back to the future part two was the better film but overall, like Brian said, Brian thinks part three is better. And from what Robbie has told me, he thinks part three is better by a hair. So at the end of the day, again, Back to the Future part three is the winner. Yay! <laughs> Woohoo! So now let's move on to the next thing. We're going to answer our weekly question, so I'll let Brian do that first. Okay, so my question of the week for the movie, if I would go into the past or to the future, 
and what year and why, I would go definitely into the past, just because the future is unknown, so I really care less of going into the future. I'd more or less go into the past to change something in my life and make it better or whatever it may be. But I would go to the past, and I would go back to the year of 1888 in London. I think it would be cool as heck, because I've always been very fascinated and very interested into the story of Jack the Ripper in London. So I would go and take all of today's technology and forensics, all of those tools that they have nowadays, and I would go back in time to that year. Uh, I believe it was between September and November when the murder murders were happening. It might have been a little bit longer than that. But um, I would go back in, in that time, and I would track him down, use all those tools and technology to track him down and find him, who he is, and then I would take him back in the time machine into this day and time and let everyone see who he is and prosecute him and put him in prison and all this stuff. <laughs> but Zach pointed out to me that, you know, if you go back in the future or back in the past, you know, people in that time might think you're some kind of, you know, freaking wizard or warlock or witch or whatever they might think you are with all this technology that they don't have in 1888 so they might <laughs> hang me or something but i thought it'd be cool i think I'd, I'd go back in time and i'd be very sneaky i would try to really i'll do i'd do exactly what jack the ripper did i'd hide in the shadows and hide from people and sneak around i think i'd make an interesting movie there to where it, you know you don't want to be found because if you get get found by one of the police officers or any of the people back in 1888 in London you know you might might get killed or get locked up in prison or something so you might be trapped back in 1888 <laughs> so that is my question of the week there okay so I'm really wondering what technology you are going to bring back to the past because are you going to bring a computer to help you figure it out? Because, hey, they do not have internet back then. And I'm pretty sure that you're not going to be able to charge any batteries for anything. So I'm just curious what technology that's going to be. I mean, you're best off going to use the resources they had back then. You can take your knowledge of what happened with you, but... That's all you're going to be able to get for trying to bust that case. And also, I'm pretty sure you probably get murdered by him. So, no offense. Now, for me, I more likely would rather go to the future just because of the unknown. I already know what happens in the past. And also, there's the whole thing is if you go to the past and you change something or that's going to drastically change the future and it could be for the worst it could be for the best i'd rather not go back in time and do anything honestly I'd rather go to the future i know like one of like the big questions nowadays is would you if given the opportunity would you be able to go back in time and kill baby hitler or abort him or something now I am for that. I would do that. But I I don't know. Like if if you go back and kill like your worst enemy or something and no one would know it's you, just think of how drastically that would change. Each person affects so many different lives around them and makes their lives different. I I just don't know. It's just it's it's too risky. I'd rather go to the future because Right now, what I'm doing right now is changing my future. If I take a sip of water, that, you know, makes... Or if I take a drink of pop or something, that makes one less pop for another day or something, you know? But I'd rather go maybe 100 years in the future or 200 years in the future just to see how technologically advanced we are. Just, just to, are we still here, you know? Did we get any more wars or something? 
it'd be better to go back to the future and get knowledge to bring back to the past or to your present time so you can know to avoid certain things like say like the isis thing that's going on right now if i go to the future and find out more about that then i can come back and prepare myself for that say if they had like another bombing around our area here in ohio i would know not to go to certain place or to at least warn them but then they would think i'm a terrorist myself so i would avoid these things and there's the whole possibility like you know like that sports almanac going to the future and retrieving that for myself i'm not like an a-hole like biff you know i wouldn't use that to power my influence on others i would you know not be like so greedy to where i have trump hotel as my living space but i i that's another thing i liked about back to the future too is the whole idea of you know taking like sports stats bringing it to your present and being able to use that to help yourself so if i did go back to the past i'd open up a banking account and put a bunch of money into it and over time you would make so much money off of that to where you are more financially stable but for most part i would go to the future because it's more interesting all right if, if i want to go back to the past i'll open up a book i'll go to google and i'll search pictures i'm totally contempt with just doing that so now moving on to our movie pitch slash trailer slash whatever for the week so this week we have Polly shore in a time traveling movie so brian go ahead and do yours and i'll finish off with mine my movie pitch of the week here with Polly shore in a time traveling machine type movie is called no return and the backstory here of uh, Polly Shore is he has a uncle, which I cast as Tim Allen, uh? who creates a time machine out of using dryers and washers and other things <laughs> to make this time machine in his house. So Polly Shore, since it's he, Tim Allen's his uncle, Requests that he would like to go and try his time machine. So Tim Allen sends Polly Shore in his time machine. And when he goes to try to send him back to the future. Because Polly Shore is a bomb and not going anywhere in life. So he's thinking of going back in time. Maybe trying to win the lottery or something. Come real rich. And fix all of his problems. So when Polly Shore gets in the time machine. Tim Allen starts it up. And trying to take him back in time, there's a big malfunction that happens. Instead of put it on full cycle, he just puts it on half. So maybe that was a problem. So he sends him into the future instead. And when he sends him into the future, the time machine just breaks. Breaks right down after he just ups and vanishes into the future. So Holly Shore is stuck in the future with... All these aliens and humans are together as friends on planet Earth, but everything's different. You know, flying cars, everything's in the sky, all this new technology. So they imprison Polly Shore into a biodoom. So then Polly Shore is trying to figure out how to get back back to the present, but doesn't know how. No one's helping him, and he's running and fighting from the alien police. So at the end, he just accepts it and marries a female alien, and he lives ha happily ever after in the future. <laughs> so that is my movie pitch of the week. Okay, so here is my movie trailer for this week with Polly Shore. All right, let me get in the mode here. <clears throat> Coming this July, stunner Polly Shore 
travels back to the Stone Age by accident. Watch as Donnie Smith confusingly figures out where he is. Oh look, a dinosaur! Ow! Watch as Donnie then runs into one of the locals. Hey man, are you like one of those caveman things? Oh! Through friendship, Donnie must learn how to survive in the past while figuring out how to come back to the present. Man, this time travel stuff is really hard. Will Donnie ever get back? Will Donnie ever smoke another joint? Find out this July. Alright everyone, so that is the Sema Showdown for the week. So we'll see you guys next week. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. All of it's in the description. Unless you're on YouTube. So if you're not if you're watching this on YouTube, go to Facebook.com slash BZ Cinematics or on Twitter at BZ Cinematics. So comment like, tell us how we're doing. Tell us what you don't like. Or just say hey. Just, you know, say, hello from the other side. So, bye, guys.